0: If you've ever heard or seen the musical Hamilton, you may remember that the two main characters and frequent rivals, Alexander Hamilton and Aaron Burr, joined forces in a criminal trial following the American Revolution. This trial is mentioned briefly in the song Nonstop and is described like this. The man is nonstop. Gentlemen of the jury, I'm curious, bear with me. Are you aware that we're making history? the first murder trial of our brand new nation. The liberty behind deliberation. I intend to prove beyond the shadow of a doubt with my assistant counsel. Co-counsel Hamilton, sit down. A client every we
1: weeks is innocent. Call your first witness. That's all you had to say. Now,
0: Hamilton one takes th- a bit of poetic license with the facts of this murder trial. Uh, but it gets one thing right. This was a landmark moment in American legal history and a sensational crime. And today we're going to tell you all about it. I'm Taylor, and welcome to Square Mile of Murder. I'm Kat, and today we'll tell you the
1: story of the murder of Elma Sands and the first recorded criminal trial in the young United States. Uh, Julie Elmer Sands had recently moved to New York City. Julie Elmer, known as Elmer, was 22 years old and had come to the city in 1796 to work in a millinery business owned and operated by her cousin, Catherine Ring, and her husband, Elias. Uh, She lived in a boarding house operated by the Rings at 208 Greenwich Street, along with the Ring's four children and another cousin, Hope Sands. Some lovely names in this. I know. (laughs) Catherine Ring, Hope Sands, Julie Elmer. That's good. Uh, This boarding house would have been in what is now Greenwich Village, which is fairly far south in the borough of manhattan according to taylor because i have no knowledge having never been there yes you're a former new york resident Uh, but at the time greenwich street would have been on the northern border of new york city proper in the summer of 1799 elma started a relationship with a fellow boarding house resident levi weeks levi weeks was a 23 year old carpenter He was born in 1776 in Greenwich, Massachusetts, and moved to New York in 1798 to work for his older brother, Ezra. Ezra Weeks was a sought-after builder and architect in New York. In 1799, Ezra completed work on the Gracie Mansion, which now serves as a residence for the mayor of New York City. His reputation with the city's elite was on the rise, and his design and building skills were in high demand. Ezra enlisted Levi to help him build a country home in Harlem for Alexander Hamilton called Hamilton Grange. That's crazy that Ham- uh, um, Harlem was considered a place for country. a country home.
0: Yeah. And in fact, in so not far from the boarding house in what is now Greenwich Village, uh, Aaron Burr had a sort of stately country mansion. <laughs> Which is wild to think about now. Yeah. So I think I think I
1: know roughly where Greenwich is if I look at a map of it's of like the boroughs.
0: it sits between the East Village above Tribeca and to the west of Soho. Yeah. And Washington Square Park. It's like oh, it's right on the Hudson. I didn't realize. Yeah. So it's like it's like one of the oldest parts of the cities, and it's one of the only parts of the city that doesn't really follow the grid system that and like lower lower manhattan and the financial district also don't follow the the grid system because those are the oldest neighborhoods in the city
1: okay i think so i've I've gotten it as it's below chelsea yes yes below chelsea yeah the two brothers were working on Hamilton Grange when Levi Weeks moved into the Rings boarding house in july seventeen ninety nine, and there he met Elma Sands.
0: Now the details of the relationship between the two young New Yorkers are unfortunately victims of history, as is often the case in these older older crimes. Um mm-hmm. As is true for much of this case, accurate historical records are scarce, and those that do exist are often brief and usually conflicting. So, (laughs) keep that in mind. Contemporary reports say that the courtship between Weeks and Sands developed quickly and soon became intimate. (gasps) Scandal. I know. So other residents of the boarding house recalled seeing Elma and Levi spending lots of time together in Elma's room, sometimes with the door locked. Uh, They also recalled hearing scandalous sounds and seeing piles of clothing left around. So basically everyone knew that Elma and Levi were sleeping together. Oh my god. Yeah. But here's something kind of interesting. Despite, sort, I think, our expectation that sex before marriage would be frowned upon at this time, apparently courting couples were actually given like free reign to behave how they wanted. And in fact, in this pre-Victorian America, American time, premarital sex was not condemned but expected. Instead, mm-hmm. marriage was seen as the appropriate response to a pregnancy. Yeah, okay. I mean fair. But,
1: <laughs> but yeah. I mean not, but you know.
0: Yeah. But better than like you have to get married in order to have sex.
1: No, it's just like that is now obviously in like very sort of Puritan or puritanical areas that's are still like very much Bible bashing. Yes. That it you know, oh if she's pregnant, you have to get married, but I it just never would associate that like 200 and odd years ago
0: well exactly because like my thought would have been oh you know in the 1700s it was expected that if you were to court someone like you did the whole you know you meet in public and you, you get the approval of families and then you marry and then you can have sex yeah and i still think of that
1: time rightly or wrongly as being like you didn't really date it was kind of like you met you met like like once or twice you got the approval of family and then you married and it wasn't like yeah
0: like a romantic thing it's like a business arrangement kind of yeah yeah and so i was really surprised when i read this it's like oh they just they were supposed to be fucking like rabbits in the boarding house apparently (laughs) Um, Now, apparently what was seen as problematic and shameful was a long courtship that included a prolonged period of intimacy or a pregnancy with no marriage then materializing. Like, that was Mm. the no-no. And this is when a woman would be considered, quote-unquote, ruined, and then the man would be held in disrepute for not having fulfilled his side of the bargain of courtship, marriage, and all of that. I'm quite glad
1: that they do hold the men in know, disrepute as well. I know, I thought that was that was shocking.
0: Yeah. When
1: did that disappear? I don't
0: know. It certainly has, hasn't it, though? Yeah. Uh, you know, which, the concept of a ruin- ruined woman is obviously ridiculous, but yeah, I mm. found this whole sort of pre-Victorian era courtship quite refreshing.
1: Yeah, I, uh brain's gonna spin on that for a while yeah right (laughs) yeah uh many people who knew the pair assumed that they would soon be married because marriage would be the only way to absolve them of their premarital dalliances uh some reports say that elmer struggled with depression and illness in the autumn of 1799 and levi was also known to have emotional outbursts and violent encounters with other members of the boarding house There's also rumours floating around that Elmer might be pregnant. But attention shifted when Elmer told her cousins, Catherine and Hope, that she and Levi planned to get married. The wedding, or perhaps elopement would be more of an accurate term, was set for Sunday. This sounds like your wedding. Yeah. I think, oh, we're getting married on such and such a date if you want to come. Yeah. Sure, great. Pretty much. What better way to do it? Yeah. A similar time of year as well. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, so the uh, elopement wedding was set for Sunday, December 22nd, 1799. In the days before the wedding, Elmer was happy and delighted by wedding preparations. On the night of December 22nd, Elmer left the boarding house around 8pm, intending to meet Levi at the Manhattan Well. Well. Do we know where that is?
0: It's nearby. We'll get to it.
1: Okay. Uh, Or at least that's what everyone assumed happened. Nobody actually saw Elma leave or knew if she left with Levi, but Catherine Catherine Ring later testified that the front door of the boarding house made a terrible squeaking noise when it closed, and on that evening she only heard the door squeak once. Okay. (laughs) And following Elma's departure, Levi wasn't in his room, so Catherine assumed that they had either left together or Elma had gone to meet Levi.
0: Fair assumption. Only one one, Only squeal. one squeak. Yeah. Uh, Elma had bundled up against the cold weather and had left the house wearing a shawl, a hat, and a muff borrowed from a neighbor to keep her hands warm. Is that a thing that you guys... Say or have in the UK, not anymore. But I know what you mean. Okay, it's, it's that little it's like thing little that you put your hands of, in. Yeah, tube of. It's like a one long cylindrical mitten for both hands. Yeah, it's, that that's kind of what it is. Yeah, yeah. It's just
1: no. It's you do still see them. Yeah,
0: but not very often. I'd say it's uh, basically the same in the US. Like. People know about them, but you don't really see them. Yeah, you rarely see one.
1: See someone out with one. Unless they're rich. I think it's still like an upper class
0: thing. Well, Like, I'm sure I've seen like the royal family with them. That's the thing, like, I think you really only, they're only practical if you don't need to use your hands for anything. Yeah, exactly. So you have to be that kind of rich. Mm. Like, you're not driving, you're not opening your own doors in the cold kind of thing. No. So, yeah. So she she went and borrowed a nice muff for her wedding night. Now, I'm aware that muff has other meanings as well, but yes, I believe the queen has many muffs. (laughs) Moving on. Sorry,
1: I just wanted to make that
0: joke. (laughs) Moving right along. Uh, But Elma and Levi didn't return to the boarding house as happy newlyweds. Uh, Elma didn't return to the boarding house at all. Levi returned to the boarding house late in the evening to unlock his room for his apprentice, whom he lived with, which was apparently common at the time, and they slept Mm. in the same bed, which was apparently common at the time. That, honestly, I know
1: that has been a thing still now. Like people who work away a lot. Yeah. If you're in like cheap digs and they don't have twin beds, blokes will just
0: share a bed. Yeah, see that. That's not surprising. And I think that, like, what I think is interesting is that Levi was living in a boarding house when his brother Ezra had, like, quite a large house nearby and was working with him.
1: Uh, that was my thought when, it's like, okay, so he moved to to work with his brother, but then he lived in a, a boarding house. But his brother is, like, a rising star in, like, New York society. Yeah has nowhere for him to stay so yeah i don't and is a builder like you couldn't just build an extra room (laughs) build a room come on come on it's manhattan yeah it's full full
0: of skyscrapers just keep building upwards yeah it's fine um yeah so i i'm not sure what why he was in the boarding house to begin with necessarily but yeah so he went back to the boarding house he unlocked his room from his apprentice for his apprentice and he found catherine ring and asked her if elma had returned earlier in the evening. This surprised Catherine, who assumed that Levi should know exactly where Elma was. Uh, But she didn't want to reveal that she knew of the secret wedding plan, so she held her tongue and told Levi that Elma hadn't returned.
1: But when Elma hadn't returned the next day, Catherine and Hope became worried, and Hope confronted Levi about the night that Elma disappeared. She told Levi that Elma had spilled the beans about the secret wedding plans, which made Levi quite angry, but he denied knowing anything about where Elmer was or why she had disappeared. He also denied having any plans to marry her. Well, that's just rude. I know, right? On December 24th, two days after Elmer went missing, a young boy was at the Manhattan Well on Spring Street, very appropriately named, mm-hmm. when he found a woman's muff floating in the water. Again, the clothing kind. We'll just give you a few seconds to laugh to yourselves. Yeah. Uh, the well, which had recently been constructed and sat in Lisbonard Meadow, a beautiful bit of nature that was popular for winter sleigh rides, the muff was quickly identified as one Elmer had borrowed from a friend to wear the night of her secret wedding. Despite finding her muff, her friends and family didn't look for her in and around the well. Well, that's strange isn't it just <laughs> on december 29th elias ring arranged for the area around rhinelander rhinelander's dock in the hudson river to be searched and for the water to be dragged for elmer's body but the search turned up nothing uh, eventually the body of Elma sands was found inside the manhattan well on january 2nd 1800 she was found fully dressed but her body was badly bruised and her clothes had been torn As her body was recovered, Levi Weeks was brought to the Manhattan well so that authorities could check his reaction to seeing her body for any signs of guilt. After he saw her body, Levi Weeks was arrested. Yeah. See, it's really easy for us to laugh at that, but we still have those expectations now. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, uh, Amanda Knox is obviously one of the most infamous examples. She didn't behave how everyone expected her to.
0: So they arrested her. Yeah, exactly. And, like, if you think about this time period as well, we're in the late 1700s. America, the United States, the country... Is a baby. It just barely exists at this point. And, like, police forces are new. Like... Mm. legal systems are weird and very, very different from the way that we think about them today. Like the American legal system was actually based on English common law legal system, which is <laughs> even different than the English legal system today. And so
1: Yeah, but like in the early days of of the the, the British police forces we recognize them, like the early days of the Met, um which is just after this time period. Yeah. Uh, Your your guilt or innocence was largely determined by your character, by your social standing, by your gender, by your race. Yeah. And
0: we'll see some of that in this story as well.
1: Yeah. I just find, like, just the idea of showing, like, oh, here's your your fiancé's dead body. Hmm. Oh, what's that? Oh, no. didn't cry quick enough oh no he didn't uh.
0: I just love the Mm, idea of like like taking a field trip to the like crime scene basically with your lead suspect Mm. (laughs) I just just think it's so funny (sighs) but yeah so this arrest hadn't come out of nowhere they didn't just find her body and were like well we better go arrest that Levi Weeks uh besides levi's sort of suspicious behavior following elma's disappearance witnesses had seen a sleigh pulled by a single horse without bells which was mentioned in every source it didn't have bells so apparently all the horses and sleighs had to have bells well sleigh bells yes think of it's like
1: i wonder if it's like an early version of like a horn on a car probably like so that you, hear you hear them, them
0: coming yeah
1: um it's the same reason might we have a bell on our cat <laughs> so that we know where he is find him
0: um like uh oh, something went clattering follow the bell yeah <laughs> just listen listen for the bell um but yeah so witnesses had seen a sleigh pulled by a single horse with no bells near the manhattan well on the night of december 22nd and witnesses reported seeing elma sands with two men in said sleigh that night and the sleigh described bore a striking resemblance to the sleigh owned by Ezra Weeks. Uh, and this is all on top of those swirling rumors that Elma may have been pregnant with Levi's child. So these things quickly led people to suspect Levi Weeks as Elma's murderer. And soon after his arrest, a grand jury indicted him on murder charges. Uh, Elma Sands' murder shocked New York and the city's citizens largely believed that Levi Weeks was guilty of the crime. Uh, This public sentiment compelled Ezra Weeks to find a top-notch legal team for his younger brother, uh, though this was probably more likely an effort to save his own reputation than to clear Levi's name. (laughs) Uh, And here is where we get to our Hamilton connection. So in the musical, The Trial of Levi Weeks gets shifted around in time. Uh, Instead of taking place in 1800, when it should and actually did in actual history, the musical moves it to some unspecified time after the end of the Revolutionary Revolutionary War in 1783, but before the Constitutional Convention in 1787. They put it too early. Uh, In any case, the musical largely gets right the fact that Alexander Hamilton and Aaron Burr worked together to defend Levi Weeks. Uh, For anyone, like myself, who's unfamiliar,
1: uh, Alexander Hamilton was an officer in the Revolutionary War, George Washington's secretary during the war, and eventually became the first Treasury Secretary of the United States.
0: He's also on the $10 bill.
1: Oh. I was looking at Cause I have my dollars left over in a pot somewhere, and I was like, and I was like, who's on my my dollars? I have twenties and tens. So you've
0: got Jacksons and Hamiltons.
1: Oh, uh, he was a staunch Federalist, held some views that today seem downright royalist, including advocating for a president for life. Yeah, it's funny. I uh, know somebody else who was, or note of don't know him personally. Someone else was advocating for that. Not long before the election, last time around. And he basically designed America's financial infrastructure from the ground up. Oh, so it's him to blame for everything. Yeah. Uh, Following the Revolutionary War, Hamilton was a practicing lawyer in New York City and often defended British subjects
0: in land disputes. Which I think is really interesting because he was such a, a force in the Revolution Mm. that like then afterward he's like yeah i'll i'll defend you british british subjects Mm -hmm. and crown loyalists after your your land has been taken over by the revolution that i helped lead (laughs)
1: yeah but who's playing who's paying the most
0: money well yeah for sure
1: rich landowners pay more money than you know poor people on the other side Aaron Burr was also a major military figure during the Revolutionary War, rising quickly through the ranks. Following the war, he practised law in New York, served as the New York State Attorney General, and defeated Hamilton's father-in-law, Philip Schuyler, to gain a seat as a New York Senator in 1791. This defeat had put Burr and Hamilton at extreme odds and had stained their already complicated relationship eventually aligned himself with the Democratic Republicans, yeah, okay, yeah, uh, led by Thomas Jefferson and served as Jefferson's vice president following the election of eighteen hundred. yeah, I'm sure to blow past Democratic Republicans because my brain can't spin on that
0: as well. They were the more rural southern party at the time, and the Federalists okay. were like the elite sort of northeastern party. Okay. Yeah, it's confusing as shit. Wait, who
1: was who was who was blue and who was red? I don't know. I, well, that's not helping. <laughs> it's too complicated to answer
0: that question.
1: Um. So, though they had worked together occasionally in the past, historians have struggled to understand why Hamilton and Burr uh, agreed to work together to defend Weeks. Some suppose that Hamilton had an interest in defending Weeks because the Weeks brothers were building his house. Yeah. Sure. And some suggest that Burr was more interested in clearing the name of the Manhattan Well than proving Levi Weeks innocent. Uh, Burr was the founder of the Manhattan Company who had commissioned and paid for the well in which Elmer Sands was found, along with several others like it around the city. Can you still go to, like, the Manhattan well?
0: Well? Is it a thing? We'll get to that. Now, some believe that Hamilton and Burr agreed to work together because neither one could stand to be out of the limelight while the other was getting attention. Think. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm down for that version of I'm, events. I'm pretty sure that's probably what was happening here. Uh, now, this may be especially true of Burr, who was well aware that the presidential election of 1800 was mere months away in November. And also, maybe we should point out for anyone who doesn't know that at this time in American presidential elections, whoever came in second became the vice vice president. Oh, so Burr ran against Jefferson, but he oh. became his vice president.
1: I didn't realize that. I just assumed it was like it is now, like, a like you know, yeah, like they're, he, they. He was he was Kamala too uh jackson's biden Biden.
0: yeah not quite they didn't get along um (laughs) so so he was trump to
1: jackson's biden yeah basically
0: (laughs) or or burr was burr was hillary to jefferson's trump think about that kind of ticket okay that would be a nightmare but yeah, so he knew the the election was coming up, so he probably wanted to raise his profile, and this trial was getting a lot of attention. Mm-hmm. Whatever the reason, these two historical heavyweights were joined by another prominent lawyer of the time, Brockholst Livingston, which is a great name. Brockholst. Yeah, Brock-Holst. That, that is one of the coolest names we've ever yeah. had on this show. Yeah. Uh. Now, Livingston would go on to become a justice on the Supreme Court of New York just two years after this case and was appointed to the United States Supreme Court by Thomas Jefferson in 1806. Uh, Neither Burr nor Hamilton had much experience in criminal law, and Livingston filled in the gaps in their knowledge. So the defense was basically a 19th century dream team in what was shaping up to be a sensational trial to kick off the new century. The three defense lawyers squared off against Prosecutor Cadwallader David Colden. Another great no, name. that's just cruel.
1: <laughs> oh, his parents were like, no, what's what's the stupidest name we can give him that he won't be able to write? Also, in like, pre-K. Like,
0: David is in there. Just, why not call him David, call David. Cadwallader? Yeah, like, come on. Um. So, Colden would actually go on to be mayor of New York City. Uh, And the case was presided over by Chief Justice John Lansing Jr. and was presented in front of a jury. Uh, Because of the frenzied media attention around the trial, another person sat in the courtroom whom normally wouldn't have been there. William Coleman sat through the trial and took detailed notes, which he later published as the first full Criminal trial transcript in the United States.
1: Ooh. Uh, the trial lasted for 40 hours, spread across two days. Ooh, that's a long old slog. Yeah. Like, ooh, 20 hours a day in court. Yeah. No, thank you. Uh, this was March 31st to April 1st. The first day of testimony continued until one thirty am until the jurors requested a recess because some of them were falling asleep. Not surprised. Yeah. Uh, this trial was unusual for the time because most court cases lasted only a few hours. The sheer number of witnesses who testified at the Weeks trial ensured that it would be a lengthier
0: affair. It was something like 48 witnesses. That's quite a lot for the time, really, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, and the fact that they fit that into 40 hours, when today that would be like a 40-day
1: <laughs> trial. Yeah. Uh, the court reconvened at 10am on April 1st. During the trial, it came out that upon moving into the boarding house, Levi Weeks had initially flirted with another boarding house resident, Margaret Clark. However, when Clark had left the boarding house during, quote, the fever season, which we assume refers to yellow fever, which had been spreading through New York for years, <laughs> Elmer was left there alone. Uh, Levi quickly shifted his romantic attention. One lodger, Richard Crouch, testified, quote, I have known the prisoner at the bar to be with the deceased Elma Sands in private, uh, frequently and in all times of the night. I mean, that's just gossiping. <laughs> I saw the prisoner at the bar come out of her room and pass the door in his shirt only to his own room. Scandal. No pants. That is just, no. just a bit of scandal in the boarding house. Uh, during the trial, the defense team did their best to try to discredit Elmer and paint her as a woman of low morals. Oh, how things have changed. Ju-
0: mm. No. Yeah.
1: American traditions for you right there. Yeah. I'm British in every other country in the world. Uh, this included pushing the rumour that Elmer was pregnant when she died. However, an autopsy carried out before the trial concluded otherwise. The prosecution argued that Elmer was, quote, virtuous and modest, and always of a cheerful disposition and lively manners, though of a delicate constitution. Uh, Colden argued that Levi Weeks, quote, deluded her from the house of her protector under a pretense of marrying her, and carried her away to a well in the suburbs of the city and there he murdered her
0: End quote. Yeah. um and i forgot to put this in here but one of the defense's strategies was to try to paint elma as having been like very depressed and potentially suicidal uh and that, like so that maybe she threw herself into the well cuz she was pregnant or something Mm. however and the the their main bit of evidence for this was that she had once said in the company of her cousins catherine and hope that she wanted to quote drink a whole bottle of laudanum which was readily available at the time of course Mm. uh but apparently they then testified in court that this was a joke so
1: yeah because laudan- laudanum could be
0: used recreationally as well, couldn't it? Yeah, it? and it often was at the time, especially by people yeah. of, like, the higher society. But yeah, so that that whole plan of the defense didn't really work. No. Uh,
1: so they're trying to shame her for being a woman who has had sex. They've tried to shame her as a drug addict. Anything else from today that we still shame women for? Mm,
0: that they try? Oh, I'm sure. But Those are the uh, examples that survive. (laughs) Uh, And though the prosecution did its best to argue for Levi's guilt, even Colden and Catherine Ring admitted to Levi's good character during the trial. Which seems kind of counterintuitive, but what are you going to do? Colden presented a handful of witnesses who had seen or heard things on the night of December 22nd. Several people testified to hearing cries of things like, murder, murder, oh, save me, from the area of Lisbonard's Meadow, where the well was. One couple, uh, Lawrence and Arnetta Van Norden, lived in one of the few houses near the well and testified that between eight and nine o'clock, they heard a woman cry from the direction of the well, oh, Lord, have mercy upon me. What shall I do? Help me. When they looked out the window, they saw a man moving around the well, but then they went back to bed, so idiots, yeah, kind of
1: yeah, and it's not like they on it's not like a woman on their own, like if it was a woman by herself, I could understand her being like, no, because I could easily become the next the next victim, but if you, if your husband's there, yeah,
0: and especially in this time period when your husband was supposed to look after you. Well, and also, if they have a house a, which is essentially a large country home in lispenard's meadow they probably have staff or carriage drivers that can mm. go look for them or with them or whatever the only thing i didn't even think of that bit. i don't know the only thing i could think is that maybe so they heard this woman's voice and then when they looked at the well they just saw a man so they must have assumed the woman was maybe she got gone left i don't know she got away
1: but (laughs) yeah
0: i'm not sure why they just it's it's a very
1: generous explanation yeah to me i'm just like nope y'all
0: fucked up (laughs) um now another witness Susanna broad who lived across from ezra weeks's lumberyard and i'm guessing that's where his house was too By the sound of it, but I was I'm not entirely clear on that. Um, so she lived across from Ezra Weeks. She testified, quote, on the night the deceased was lost, I heard the gate open and a carriage or sleigh come out. It made a rumbling noise, but had no bells on it, and it was not gone long when it returned again. Uh and several people testified to seeing tracks from a one horse sleigh around the Manhattan well the day after Elma disappeared. Uh, A number of highly suspicious details came out at trial. Hope Sands testified that a week after Elma had gone missing, Levi asked her to file a document with the alderman that said he had not had any kind of special or romantic relationship with Elma. Hope refused to do that. Uh, What's the alderman? Like a local town guy, I think. Like a community upstanding community member thing
1: that's very suspicious yeah
0: yeah um one man testified that he had seen someone using a pole in the well a week before elma went missing And when the man went up and asked what this guy was doing the man with the pole identified himself as a carpenter and said he wanted to know how deep the water in the well was not suspicious at all no it's fine Uh, James Lent one of the men who found Elma's body in the well went with the police that day to find Levi so they could bring him there so they could watch his reaction that whole thing when they arrived they informed Levi that Elma had been found and without prompting Levi asked is it the Manhattan well she was found in seems like a pretty strong case for the prosecution but remember
1: Just like O.J. Simpson, centuries later, Levi Weeks had the dream team on his side. The defense had several people of high stature in New York society testify to Levi's whereabouts the night of December 22nd. This included architect John McComb, Ezra Weeks, and his wife. They testified that Levi had been at Ezra's home before 7pm that evening and stayed until around 8 when he left for around 15 minutes. They said that Levi returned at about 8.20, ate dinner and stayed until around 10pm. This seems like not a lot of time to commit a murder. But prior to the start of the trial, the prosecution and defence worked together to establish how long it would take for a one-horse sleigh to travel from Ezra Weeks home to the Manhattan well and back. He concluded that it would take around 15 minutes.
0: Yeah. So
1: make of that what you will, but. Uh, dif- despite the prosecution's reams of witnesses and circumstantial evidence, Colden just couldn't stand up against Hamilton, Burr, and Livingston. When the defense rested, the judge basically instructed the jury to find Levi Weeks not guilty. And after deliberating for just. Delivering? After deliberating for just five minutes, that's exactly what they did
0: dude yeah why even have a jury if like you could just have a bench trial yeah exactly uh it reminds me of the madeline smith case where the judge was like look Mm. just find her not guilty yeah um there was a great public outrage at the verdict and levi weeks often endured shouts of murderer as he walked through the city streets Uh, He was more or less run out of town and sort of bounced around before settling in Natchez, Mississippi. Uh, There he became a well-respected architect and designed Auburn Mansion, which is now a national landmark and considered to be the most beautiful house in Natchez. Uh, And he died in Natchez at the age of 43.
1: That's not a bad innings for that time, is it really? No. Um...
0: It's not great, it's not but great. it's not bad. His brother Ezra lived to be like late 60s or something. Mm-hmm. Uh the story goes that after hearing the jury's verdict of not guilty, Catherine Ring pointed towards the defense team and cried out, quote, "If thee dies a natural death, I shall think there is no justice in heaven." Uh Perhaps then she slept a little easier knowing that Alexander Hamilton was killed in a duel by his co-counsel, Aaron Burr, a mere four years after the trial. (laughs) Following Hamilton's death, Burr spent the rest of his life uh, hounded by scandal and disgrace and ultimately died in poverty. And interestingly enough, Judge Lansing mysteriously disappeared in 1829 after leaving his room at the city hotel. Elma Sands's murder technically remains unsolved to this day. No other suspects were ever examined or pursued following Levi Weeks' trial. Uh, and the Manhattan well didn't provide water to the city for very long. It turned out the well was more of a bridge for Burr's Manhattan company to start their own bank in opposition to Hamilton's bank. Uh, the well was lost for many years, but can now be seen in the men's section in the basement of a high-end clothing store in Soho. Uh, some say that Elma Sands haunts the well and the spring that still runs beneath Spring Street to this day. What we do know is that her life and death became a sidebar in an important bit of American legal history, as so many victims of crimes of the century do. Mm. That's it. Interesting. Yeah thoughts i hadn't heard of this case before watching hamilton and it like the idea of it like the first murder trial in this newly formed nation kept sort of playing in the back of my mind and in fact it was not the first murder trial in the newly formed america just happens to be the only one that got written down Ah, but like I do think it's an interesting case, and I do think it's it's very much of the sort of like crimes of the century kind of genre that a lot of these other high profile cases we've seen were,
1: yeah, yeah definitely, especially when you say like uh hamilton yeah Hamilton Burr and Livingston who's
0: yeah Livingston they were like the dream team, yeah, they really were like they were like. Johnny Cochran, F. Lee Bailey, and, um, Alan Dershowitz, like, and then Robert Kardashian, but didn't really count.
1: (laughs) But, so, do you think he was guilty? Yes. I do as well. Like, I'd never heard of this, and I've not seen Hamilton either. Oh, yeah. Um, because, like, I just don't really care about American history. (laughs) like it's not like I don't really like musicals anyway so the thought of going of watching a musical about the revolutionary war and its aftermath and everything just I'm just like no
0: sounds great to me I love musicals Mm. and history American history so that's definitely interesting
1: and I kind of like the the mindfuck that Harlem was like rural. rural I know
0: It's really funny Mm -hmm. because like there's a there's one of the songs in Hamilton talks about him moving uptown and like I assumed when I first became familiar with the show that that meant that he moved like you know to 24th Street or something like not that far up the island of Manhattan (laughs) because really there was nothing there (laughs) like it was all just marshlands and shit. And hills, uh, but no, he went all the way up to Harlem. <laughs> um And yeah, so that house, so Levi and Ezra Weeks did finish his house, and Hamilton only lived in it for two years before he was killed. No, that's really interesting. They like say for me having
1: absolutely no idea about Hamilton or anything, yeah. and they like say I get I was getting like the Civil War and the Revolutionary <laughs> War confused in my head because. It just we don't get taught it here. Yeah,
0: yeah. I don't know. I think it's an interesting case, but yeah, I think he definitely did it. Especially, so a lot of the sources, like the sort of first tier sources in terms of like the ones that come up when you search for this crime, it's really all about the trial usually. Um, mm. and you can find when we'll link in the show notes, uh, a copy of the trial transcript by William, William Coleman, um, which is apparently one of three that was produced after the trial and mm. considered to be the most accurate. Um, mm. But basically, they don't really talk about why people thought that Levi did it, besides the fact that these two were obviously in a relationship. And then after I dug a little bit deeper and I ended up finding some article on like JSTOR or something, like a from like a law journal. Um that talked a lot more about the stuff like the guy who saw someone with the pole who was a carpenter checking how deep the water was only a week before and you know the the woman who heard the sled leave and and all this stuff so like i think if weeks hadn't had such a good legal team the circumstantial evidence against him which at the time was just evidence against him like pretty much would have been i think would have been enough to put him away
1: yeah yeah definitely because like we say everyone sort of dismisses circumstantial evidence you need both nowadays you need you still need circumstantial evidence and i know i've used this example before but like i have never been to your new house you have never been to my house since we've both moved in the last year my dna will be in your house because we've sent each other things i had been to your old house some like hairs and Skin cells furniture. and stuff will be in your yeah. furniture. And the same because you helped me yeah. move. So you know, your DNA will be on things of mine, even though you've not been to this house. Yeah. If one of us dies, you'd still need circumstantial evidence to prove that the other one was there. <laughs>
0: I should hope. <laughs> um you know. Yeah, and like if you think about in, in terms of like more firm evidence The fact that he tried to get her cousin to submit this sort of, like, quasi-legal document saying, I Mm. never had any kind of relationship with this woman now that she's disappeared, like, that alone is super damning, I think. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, that I find, like, like to try and have some kind of legal document like no i i didn't have a relationship with this woman even though everyone
0: knew he did yeah and also just like if you didn't murder her why are you worried about that exactly so you know but yeah i just uh we came up with this case because we needed to fill some space in july and it it you know fourth of july the birth Mm. of the birth of the United States and independence and all that garbage. And so this came to mind and, and actually I think it's really interesting. So I'm glad we, we got to do it.
1: Yeah. I I'm really glad cause I've learned something. Yeah. So, you know, and now M- maybe eventually I'll watch Hamilton on <laughs> Disney plus. Uh,
0: and now I have another weird tourist spot to go to in New York city. Yeah we're going to have I, to go to the the well in the basement of the Soho store. Yeah. And we'll we'll put a either a link to a picture of the well as it is now or a, a picture wherever you're listening to this, but um a <laughs> little dose of uh early American history for you. Yes. Just a a fun little not fun cuz it's a murder, but you know. Yeah interesting case for sure
1: and because once again the woman is the footnote in her own murder and it becomes about the men Well, literally if
0: you search for this trial or this case it's called the trial of levi weeks or it's called the manhattan well murder trial or the manhattan well murder it took a while for me to even find her name at the beginning yeah so
1: and with that Thank you for listening. Yes. If you like the show, be sure to rate and review us on your podcast app, especially if you use Apple Podcasts, because that helps us get in front of more people. And subscribe so that you never miss a new episode. And for the month of July, you can get 30% off all of our merch by heading to store and using the code WOW30 at checkout. Because it's my birthday. That's right.
0: The whole month is my birthday. Yes. And I'm now 30. That's how it works. And if you'd like to help us cover the cost of making the podcast and help us invest in the future of the show, you can join our Patreon page. Uh, Tiers start at just one pound per month. Every patron gets regular episodes one day early, a shout out on the show, priority case requests, and a lifetime merch discount. And that's just for one pound per month. As the tiers go up, you get even more. And this month we're debuting a new style of bonus episode for our 10 pound and up patrons. So be sure to check that out and see if you're interested at patreon.com slash square mile of murder. And the links will be in all the normal places.
1: Yeah. And uh, we're back on Friday for, for our two pound and up patrons with the monthly ramble. Yes where we go completely off script and talk total shite yep Just and everyone else will be back next week yeah uh, with uh, what is my personal favorite story that we've ever done yeah it's a good
0: one we've already yeah. recorded it it's yeah. real good so, so look forward to it. very excited that. about that yeah and we'll see you then yeah thanks bye, bye.